Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing tidying up. Nick, you tidy? I've been through a tidiness journey in my life. I uh, certainly used to be um, a total and utter mess, right? I mean, everything would just put things down. Yeah, (laughs) I'd just put things down. They would pile up. I'd find them eventually. You know, my desk until, uh, you know, around about a decade ago was just a huge mound. Not a pile, but a mound of papers all stacked on top of each other, all of which might or might not have been important or useful. Uh, my email inbox was a was a just catastrophically vast uh, array of uh, half read emails, um, and then I think coincident and probably causally related to having children, um, I've really turned all of that around, and I'm now hallelujah. Well, sort of. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm not. I, I mean, it's difficult to say whether or not implementing lots of systems of organization means you're naturally tidy or whether it's actually you need those systems because you're not naturally tidy i i don't know but the point is that i now am uh pretty pretty good at tidiness um certainly organizationally you know getting things in diaries responding to emails i'm an inbox zero guy uh you know just generally like certainly in terms of time uh, uh, I, I am much, more, much tidier, much better organized. I know exactly where I'm going to be at any time for the next two months, you know. Um, so uh, so and, and my physical environment as well. I, I, I am much less tolerant of, of mess in places now. Um, and at the same time, we've seen this uh, organization porn phenomenon, mm. you know, that a lot of people now are getting very into the idea of sort of decluttering. And there's this Mary Kondo, Marie Kondo yeah. isn't there? with her her method of getting people to chuck everything out okay we'll we'll come back to so so yeah so it's live issue i think is what we're saying i'm interested in the whole thing and uh it's it's out there as a thing okay and i think also one thing we want to discuss is different levels of tidying up and what what's acceptable to some and others Mm. and what's the right amount uh i'm very interested in your inbox your email inbox organization that's either in this or offline we can talk about that peter and what are your thoughts on well, all this just, stuff? Just, how organised, how tidy well, are you? Before I get into that, I, I think it's interesting the language Nick uses about turning turning himself around as if he's like a, ref, he's a, he's a found again. Uh, I was one, I was, was lost, but now I'm found. Yeah. Um, in the, there's all, it, it, obviously to Nick is uh, there's something, something inherently bad about being untidy mm. and inherently better about being tidy. So yeah, I, I would say that I'm generally pretty tidy, but I'm I'm helped by the fact that I'm also quite minimalist. Yeah. Um, so now they're not to be confused. They are different. So you could, it's possible to not be minimalist, have lots of stuff, uh, but be extremely, extremely organised. Um, and in which case you're, you, 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 work, you organise or you're a good cataloguer or you're just very good at putting stuff away and you know, everything has its place. So uh, they're not the same. So just by being, by being virtue of being minimalist, yeah. I'm sometimes not Peter's solitary tiny. black cube is uh, is is is, is <laughs> skewed to the right by a millimeter. It's total <laughs> yeah. catastrophe. Yeah. So the the, very, the the small amount of things that I own can be in a state of disorder. It's just that the the perceived level of chaos is less than perhaps if you got if I had more stuff and it was it was in a state of disorder. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but like like Nick, I try to be very organised with my sort of the the electronic estate, the digital estate, emails, 
I feel happy when my inbox is empty. And this I is, feel I mean, happy when all of the things I've got to do are in my diary with a, a suitable alert attached that will let me know when I need you know, I can no longer don't need to think about it anymore. I try to outsource all of the unnecessary thinking yeah. to things to systems that help. So we've done this before, system. right? The the organize yeah, yeah, the calendar. No, it's single. interesting what Peter's saying there. I mean I I don't think I do uh, idolise or think there's anything morally superior about being tidy particularly. Um, I have to say, actually, I had a life coach uh, a few years ago um, when I was at the MOD who was really I mean, absolutely brilliant life coach. Um, and I... Uh, uh, she she got me to draw like a picture of my life as it was and my life as I like it to be and the life as it was was a study that was a big mess right basically it's how I, I felt very oppressed at the time by all the things I felt I had to do um, and the life as I'd like it to be it was all sort of tidied up and squared away and um, and but she correctly identified that actually I liked the first picture. I liked that chaos and mess. There's a, mm. It's a symptom of sort of energy. And I have to say instinctively, I'm very suspicious about tidy people. Absolutely. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a kind of, I'm not naturally tidy. I'm, I'm tidy by practical necessity rather than because I think it's a virtue. And I, I'm actually very suspicious of this whole sort of, you know, decluttering movement. I, I feel like there's something, it's, it's almost like people are... Um, uh, you know, people are kind of at war with their real selves. You know, they have an idealized self, and yeah. it's unhealthy. So anyway, I mean, so yeah, I, I I have looked at some of the evidence. There is, there is evidence. There's okay. data. Okay, let's hear. We'll hear about the data in a second. I just want to talk about me for a moment. Yeah. Um, I'm not tidy. It may uh, surprise no. you to know this, but I'm not at all tidy. Um, and I'm a mar- I'm marginally better than I was twenty years ago. <laughs> or even 30 years ago when I was a teenager, I'm marginally better, but I'm not that much better. And I think the only thing that was made a difference with me is just, um, I just get nagged about it all the time, you know, by having to live with someone who cares about this stuff more than I do. Um, yeah, who, by this, the way, random is not, person being your wife. Yeah. Who's by the wonderful. way, yeah. Who's not as tight as she thinks she is, by the way. Okay. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> she's not here to stand up for herself. So yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess when we're talking about tidiness, we're also getting close to cleanliness as well. I'm not that clean either. But um, again, I think a lot of this stuff is about how much you care about it. And also, we're getting close to being organized, which we're also talking about with emails and calendars. Mm. I'm not great at that stuff either. But um, <laughs> so all in all, just a bit so of a mess. You, what are you good at, Fraser? I'm, I'm, well, uh, it gets done, you see. He's like a sort of whirlwind uh, where, you know, formless and shapeless, but it, it's still a driving force. Occasionally, a bit still of rips, usefulness pops rips out. a roof off. Some yeah. sort of creative yeah. beauty you know, comes out yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Um, um, I'm terribly charming as well. So um, I think I think if we want to drill in, just to drill data, into the sort of theory and it. facts a little bit. Um, so so I think if you look at what what tidiness is about, I think there's two aspects to it. One is tidiness is actually positively useful. It is helpful sometimes. Um, and then there's the issue of tidiness and its relationship to well-being. So there are two separate aspects of tidiness. In terms of the utility of tidiness, I think it boils down to the fact that human memory is uh, 
pretty limited you know certainly compared to um you know electronic uh, forms of memory um it's it's uh, associative uh, it is it's very robust and it's very error tolerant uh, human memory but it is not very powerful and it's not very good at searching or retaining you know lots of detailed information at once so you know literally being able to find things which it seems to me like when i'm tidying up that's broadly what i'm doing i'm trying to re- return things to where i know next time i need them i will find them um is uh is actually just useful and there is evidence you know there's evidence that um people working in um, a messy environment in a clustered environment found cognitive tasks more difficult you know it's, it's literally unre- unrelated tasks just merely having them um you know in a messy environment made made it harder for them to to concentrate on things um you know quite apart from the just there's an obvious a priori reason you know it is i i'd say the sort of dvds back in boxes effect like my kids don't put dvds back in boxes and if you don't take a dvd out of the player and put it straight back in the box you're in a world of hurt it is going to take you years to find the bloody thing again mm. you know and and so that's a good example where it just is pl- the cost of that little bit of tidiness is massively pays for itself in mm. terms of the the foregone cost of having to find the bloody thing so there's that but then there's the the whole issue of well-being which i think is more the marie kondo thing um which is there is a lot of evidence that tidiness uh there's some evidence that mess is kind of good for creativity actually but just focusing more on the kind of lifestyle aspects there is a lot of evidence that um that tidiness uh, is associated with better better health outcomes um better certainly better mental health but also better physical health outcomes so uh there was a study of about a thousand african-americans in the u.s and um uh they they found that you know the messier someone was the higher their risk of heart disease i mean that's uh that's very uh, that's very interesting i, yeah. I mean but hold on how are we getting to like cause versus correlation here? right now yeah sort of but i i sus- i suspect what we're looking at is aspects of the same underlying phenomenon which is something to do with a willingness to affect your environment and to control your environment which i think is more probably the underlying cause of both of those that someone who is more, who is likely to say you know my house is a mess i can do something about that and i'll be happier is also going to be the kind of person who goes my body's a mess i'm going to do something about that and do some exercise so i i suspect when we are trying to correct tidiness when we're trying to say i want to be tidier what we might be saying is I want actually to be the kind of person who has less fatalism about my environment and more control. And and I think that is correlated with, with better outcomes in life. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, even though I'm suspicious of tidy people, I, I'm, I have to say that the evidence does push me towards recommending it. Um, How tidy is too tidy? Yeah. Peter? Uh, well, I, I get uh, I've been accused of having not enough stuff in my house by Nick, by Nick, in fact, you know, to get some stuff. Um, but I don't think I'm tidy. Yeah. So I, I don't. I, but I, I, do you need I, to be tidy I, when you've only I, got I, one book? I mean, I think I think <laughs> what, does, you, what does a messy bookshelf like with one you, book on it? I don't know how you quantify it, but there are def- there are definitely people I've met who have a lot of things, so lots of lots of sort of tat and trinkets and just photos and all sorts of stuff out uh, a huge amount and you know to the point where they're almost a hoarder um but the house is immaculately clean so there's a there's sort of there's not a piece of dust anywhere so presumably they 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 must spend hours and hours and hours and hours of their life moving things around in order to dust on them and around them now at some point that's got to become just too much and you're just spending a 
huge proportion of your do life keeping I, it at that state. Do you know that some people hoover every day? Did you know this? Or maybe you do. I I certainly do not. We have an absolutely wonderful cleaning lady who comes in once a week. She's absolutely brilliant. She does the entire house. I don't know how. In three hours. She's, she's the I mean, whole some thing. people, apparently, you know, mm. at my work recently, and they all started talking about this, and they're all hoovering every day. You know, I, I, I hoover like once a month. It once are they young six people? Months. Yeah, they are. They are they all Instagramming their, you know, beautifully minimal Not uh, houses off. at each other? Not far off. Because I think, I think this is where it does become... I mean, there is obviously... Um, obsessive compulsive disorder is a real thing and you know it's partly genetic but there's some evidence that it is driven by environmental factors including you know things like the influence of people who are around you and your upbringing and so on so um uh, uh there is such thing as optimal uh, untidiness right so and I, i'll give you some economics reasons i mean first of all mainly that tidying up it has economies of scale it is easier to tidy five things up at once than it is to tidy one thing one thing up five times yeah, yeah, right yeah. so so just that in itself should tell you that it is better probably so nearly all the time to have a bit of mess. at the right moment yeah uh, uh so to have a bit of mess um is a symptom is a symptom of of you know of energy of things going on mm. uh it's a bit like inflation in the economy you know you don't want too yeah. much of it well, but you can't like, have none a of a bit it. like entropy in information theory it's a tendency towards disorder. Yeah, and I—I I mean, that, that is obviously always going to happen. I mean, think where things are best found is not where they're best used. So there's always going to be movement of objects around, and um, you know, you don't always want to sit down and tidy them up the minute you've used them. But also, one thing you mentioned a word early on was just—I think you said suspicious of people who are overly mm. tidy. I think you're right to be, um, because to me, tidiness just means boring. Um, and if someone sort of is just constantly hoovering and dusting and adjusting, making sure it's all fine, I just think well, there's more interesting things to be doing. I want to say, so, yeah, I, th- I think there's more interesting things to be doing in life. Peter. Well, to, to just bring drag in one of our favourite topics off the Aleph Insight shelf of topics is it's a, a, a what part of the suspicion that Nick has might be because it, he sees it as a, a sort of uh, a counter indicator in signalling terms. So if if he goes round to people's houses and they've obviously made a huge amount of effort to make it tidy for him, uh, do they is they are they doing it for him or do they do it for everyone? You don't necessarily know. But if you go into someone's house and it's inherently slightly messy or scruffy, it's like well you you more you more likely to be seeing the real person rather than a kind of idealised uh, image that they're trying yeah, to. Real quiet. real tip here. This is how to be a proper middle class person. Um, well, you're already halfway there. At least you've got your cleaner who comes in once <laughs> yeah, a week. That's true. Um, is uh, at a dinner party, you're supposed to spill the wine. If you're the host, you're supposed to spill some wine. Oh, are you to make everyone else feel comfortable? Yeah, because that, that then uh, it gives everyone else a license to not worry about it. You yeah. know, And um, then not lick it off the table. No, yeah. I mean, I, I spill wine anyway, so I don't even have to think about it. You know, it's the first thing <laughs> yeah. I do. Even without drinking anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm necking it from the bottle before pouring it to other people, you know, some of it inevitably dribbles down yeah. my shirt. Uh, uh, okay, where do we go from here? We're about um, just over halfway through. Um, tidiness. Well, it's interesting what, what piece there's, of, Oh, there's, sorry. There's another topic I'd like to drag off the shelf of yeah. interesting topics. is legibility. Uh, legibility in, in, this, in the sense that it's often used in uh, architecture and um, art and business organisation. There's often a, sort of, uh, a macro effect of groups of humans who are coordinating seeking legibility because legibility is sort of means as a simpler system to understand if you can boil down a system into its uh a simplified model uh it, it, the key constituent parts and there's a key as a, a simplified uh 
representation of that model, it's easier to then manage, to measure, to to improve and adapt and to to, to steer it. So think, I think the classic example is the organized org, org chart within a business tells you who's the boss, who their subordinates are, and who the subordinates of them are, and who answers to who. So you can then it's a simplified picture of who you need to talk to in order to have an effect in a different part of the business. Um, so that's a that's a nice legible model. So, so how does all this tie in? You've lost me a bit. So I think this ties back into tidiness because uh, there's a d- desire to try to simplify and understand the world. So uh, if you if you can catalogue all your items, put them on the right place, give them a shelf to sit on, you can more easily access them in in the future. So that's sort of a, a, a driver. So I think it's present not only in the individual and their their uh, their possessions, but it's a driver for much how we understand the world and try to measure and predict and to, to manage parts of the world. But I think the interesting thing about human legibility is it's unnecessary for systems that are artificially managed. Um, so, you know, what we would consider naturally tidy um, okay. is machines don't need that. So if you looked at where things are in an Amazon warehouse, mm. it would look like a total utter mess mm. right you might have you know uh sponges sitting next to um you know hammers mm. and uh, they might be sitting next to cupboards mm. and that's entirely driven by what is most efficient to put where in terms of you know and what you're anticipating the demand going to be and where things have to physically go um and it's, it doesn't look anything like what a human would consider to be tidy and yet it's more efficient so, so I think we, you know, we've got to recognise that, and I, and I think I suspect that tidiness is one of those things that is has acqu- acquired a kind of halo. That actually, tidiness is kind of good for humans, um, but it's good for a reason, right? It's good because it's helpful, and it's good, um, you know, yeah, because it, it's easier, literally easier to 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 uh, manage your life if you're kind of tidy and you tidy up a bit as you go along. Um, but I think we have now, I mean, there is that sense of, you know, cleanliness being next to godliness. And I think people who are very tidy, I don't know, that the reason, one of the reasons they're so in, insufferable and smug is because they think that that is virtuous in itself, quite mm-hmm. apart from it being useful. Um, one of the reasons I quite like the fact that these, um, you know, highly optimized systems are very messy looking is because it shows actually that uh, doing things really properly um, it does not involve tidiness. Machines don't need tidiness. Mm. Yeah, so I was just sort of think, going over my own prejudice. I bet Hitler was super tidy. I bet he was really tidy, you know. And I bet, you know, but also I bet someone like Harold Pinter, um, actually famous for not being very nice. There is actually was, a, a, some evidence that people um, uh, who are asked to rate the uh, the characteristics, the personality of um, people based on their desks, there's some evidence that they uh, rate messy desks as belonging to people who are better, who are sort of you know warmer and 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 more effective and that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's something that we all uh, instinctively understand actually that an urge to or- organize is harmful. Mm. So I would say that organization is good, but wanting to organize things is bad <laughs> like mm-hmm. wanting to organize things for its own sake is is bad and i think i could see you know intolerance of disorder does go hand in hand with authoritarianism which has produced some unpleasant outcomes um you know in the past uh so yeah okay um i'm just wondering if any of us have any conflict as a result of us of how tidy or untidy we are yeah i know that in my own home i'm well, actually, what's interesting in my own home is, yeah, I think there's nature versus nurture going on here as well, because I've got three kids. 
um, two of whom are twins, unfortunately not identical, which would be useful for, you know, for doing experiments. Um, but um, of those three kids, one is female and has always been pretty tidy. Um, even as a as a toddler, she was very tidy. Um, and of the two boys, one is reasonably tidy, pretty much in the middle, but he's very good at organising himself. The third one is a total mess. And there's always some kind of excuse. <laughs> do, they, do they somehow cancel out? It would be nice if they Does did. Does Olivia tidy up at the same rate that, you know, your youngest one makes the mess? Uh, yes, but now they're only responsible for their own rooms so it's you know it oh, there's no interaction yeah oh, that's yeah. problematic yeah so yeah. so there you go if not, for me that just screams uh nature which in turn means hey it's not my fault i'm like my i am dear wife you know when you know me and yeah. my third kid get put in the same sort of place anyway what about you i mean yeah no I, it's been a big source of it's been a big issue in the past and I, i've kind of invented systems to sort of deal with it but uh um yeah, I mean, I, I've lived with people who are substantially tidier than I, let's say, was, and probably still am. Um, and it, there is a sort of tolerance of mess. This comes down to sort of what the optimal level of tidying is. Um, when it comes to bathrooms, for example, I literally don't notice it. I don't notice mess and dirt to, until it's way above the level that some people would consider a criminal. You know, yeah. uh, I, but that's which is great, uh, which is sorry, which is really um uh, uh bad if you're living with someone with different um you know different tolerances to you because then you end up with the question of well what's fair is it fair that you know i have to do 50 percent of the tidying up when i actually it doesn't bother me uh or is it fair that i do something like one tenth of the of the tidying up i think most people would think that was a weird interpretation of fairness yeah. but certainly from an economic point of view that would be fair because you know i'm i'm, I'm paying i shouldn't be paying half the cost when i'm not getting half the benefit so so there's um you know there's there's that that has been problematic in the past uh, because not everyone sees it in that, those cold clinical rational economic <laughs> ways and um the only really permanent solution is getting a cleaning lady and um you know if if you can afford one and and it's it's an issue for you domestically it is one of the best investments you'll make but then you get into this whole thing about oh getting having to have stuff tidied up before the cleaning person comes but anyway just as a brief aside i remember once living sharing a flat with someone this uh poor naive lady uh girl at the time i suppose who made the mistake of saying to i think i said to her, oh sorry i'm i can be a bit messy just to sort of flag that you know and she said oh don't worry um because i love tidying up and in fact i love doing washing up i just find it so therapeutic did okay. you test that to destruction? <laughs> I tested oh, no, it to yeah. destruction. Six months down the line, she was like, well, hold on, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, Peter, any conflict? Uh, y- yes, a bit. I, uh, I I have a slightly lower standard for file naming conventions and file structuring. Oh, Christ, don't get our, me started on this. Shared, this shared is a whole podcast in itself. So I, I, I totally subscribe to the fact that uh, to, down to a certain level, it's good to have things well categorized but within any, any given kind of project folder i have not yet stumbled upon any standardized uh uniform approach for 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 categorizing stuff within a project that makes sense uh that we can apply be applied to all projects so all of my project folders are different uh now that that's it, I also they're all called new folder and stuff. No, they're not <laughs> documents. They, they, they're just they are descriptive. <laughs> But they're not sort of numbered. I don't get this sort of prepending uh, uh, folders with numbers business. I don't understand that at all. Anyway, and but I also much more comfortable, I think, uh, 
using the search using the search function to find files than browsing for them. I never browse for stuff. I will always search for it first. I I, I demand the right to reply, but it is another podcast. <laughs> I think I can feel file names coming up as a. Okay, well, no, let, let's say. No, I'm it. not. Let's it's too. They, they, yeah, I, yeah. There's, there's too much. Yeah, We're yeah. going to have to go back too far. Well, it does remind me once when we moved from one house to another, and I got into trouble with my wife because of all the different boxes. Which, by the way, she said, "How many boxes do you think we'll need?" I said, "I think ten will do it." Turns out we needed about forty. Um, but yeah, and obviously nicely labelled to where they should go. And I would get into trouble because I had a series of boxes that just had stuff on the outside written down and was... i remember when i moved house at university i did the same thing labeled everything up with nick and what was in there and one of them was magazines and when we moved house i discovered that someone had written pornographic <laughs> <laughs> on the on the box <laughs> which is great the uh, the movers probably enjoyed that but... <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop laughing. Okay, um, well, look, I think on that note, we should probably wrap up. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And until next time, goodbye. Keep clean. Stay tidy. Yeah. (laughs) 